0: Thanks, man. Happy glad, to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. Me, me and you have been friends for a long time and been in church yes, at for a long time. So, um, you know, part of the podcast that we're doing is just having different people come in and um, kind of talking about what they do and what their professions are and linking mental health to that, linking theology to that, trying to figure out, um, you know, how to educate the community on different things that we all think we know, but being able to kind of really deep dive into for a couple hours, what is that mm-hmm. on a personal level, on an emotional level for people. And, and kind of normalize the things that are, that are out here. And worship was just something that me and you have talked about a hundred times oh, that, um, yeah. over lunch or coffee or whatever, and I know that you're passionate about it, so I wanted to have you in to talk about it. And then um, I guess some of the goals are um, to talk about that. What is worship? How do we do it? And then you know how is COVID kind of changing that from your view? Hmm. And what are some fears maybe that we have moving forward? And, um, and what can the average person who maybe is, has trouble with worship or doesn't really understand that, um how they can kind of understand it more and and maybe be more free to worship in a way that is is good for them yeah know? for sure awesome
1: so tell me a little bit about kind of who you are where you work well, I'm Tyler Hennessy. I work at Broadmoor Baptist. I'm a, a worship pastor. It's funny. I shared something on Facebook this morning about not being tied to denomination. Yeah. Um, even though, I mean, I work at a Baptist church. I'm happy uh, to work at a Baptist church, but it's, it's always for me been about my relationship with Christ and everything should be centered around Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so denominations, like anything, can cause divides and all of that. So. Uh, I'm not saying our our church does that, but that's just something I'm very cognizant of myself. Yeah, is to be you know I want to be a Christ follower and known for being a Christ follower, not known for my denomination. So, I've been the worship pastor there for um, it'll be 12 years this July, which is wild. That's crazy, uh, dude. I'm telling. And I remember meeting you guys vividly. I uh, remember yeah. the first Sunday y'all were there. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been an amazing, honestly, the most uh, life giving and like uh, for my, my wife and I, Amy. It's just been awesome. We've enjoyed it. I lead the uh, worship on Sunday mornings. We call it DOXA, which comes from uh, the word that means glory, honor, splendor. Mm-hmm. And I oversee our youth worship. Uh, I oversee our young adult ministry called YALA, Young Adults, Louisiana. Uh, help with, like, discipleship groups. And I lead a B group, which is uh, a S- Sunday school class on Sunday mornings for a young adult class. And uh, one of my favorite things about Brawnmore is since I've been there, uh, our executive pastor, Tom Harrison, is very big on not— just putting you in a label or putting you in a box and saying, Well, you're a music guest, so that's all you do. Yeah. Um, and so I've been able to, I was, before I came to Broadmoor, I had my real estate license, business degree. And so I, I enjoy some of those other things. So I was able to like be a project manager for more coffee and, yeah. you know, help other things at the church. And so it's been really cool. I get to do more than just play guitar in my office. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about kind of uh, you growing up and, and your childhood and your kind of story testimony slash how'd you become like, why was worship the thing?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in uh, Katy. I was in Fort Worth for a little while. Um, so I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm that guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I've been there forever. <laughs> for I, can't, I can't get away from it. It's horrible. Um, but I uh, we, we moved up Katy, Texas when I was like seven years old. So I was in Katy, uh, Texas most of my life. I lived in the main three cities of Texas, basically Dallas area, Houston area, and then Austin area right after college. So I was in big cities in Texas and was used to that. But um, I grew up in a Christian home. I, I definitely believe I gave my life to the Lord as a young age, but I, I had those wandering years. I, I'm kind of a, a rule breaker by nature. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely, like, I bucked the system. I, I was like, I wanted to be feel a personal conviction for why I was doing what I was doing. So mm-hmm. it's like I had the head knowledge, and I have been had some really cool spiritual encounters with the Lord and things that happened as a child and, and things that I hold on to and I believe are real. Um, and I remember even as I walked away, I say walked away, but more just lived for self and was very much about, just self-glorification mm-hmm. um but i was very big into hip-hop i was a basketball player it might have been a 90s thing yeah uh, But anybody who knows me now is like it's not a facade i'm like this is this is me like yeah, if yeah. you know me i'm i'm a hip-hop guy a basketball guy so i was always actually writing and i uh liked to, like freestyle and do lyrics and all that before i even got into music uh like with a band style music yeah didn't grow up a choir didn't grow up um singing or anything like that really yeah at all and most people are like wait you didn't play i'm like dude I didn't touch a guitar till I was 19 years old, and touch a piano really till I was 26 years old. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I uh, I had a, a, a really cool encounter with the lore when I was 19. I was at Texas State University in San Marcos, and um, I, I was basically I just got to a breaking point where it was like. Lord, I know you're real, but I'm not really following you. It's like, mm-hmm. it's no longer my parents' faith. I think a lot of people go through that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was at a, uh, a retreat that I basically got forced into going to. <laughs> <laughs> These my two friends, like, paid my way and, and got me there. And the ironic thing was, I remember sitting the whole weekend, there was worship music and teaching and stuff. I literally was the only person in the room, I had my arms crossed, you know, and I'm like this, big, this my, is not for me yeah yeah. yeah yeah my biggest thing has always been like and and i'm a i'm total hypocrite like anybody else where if you're a human you're a hypocrite uh but i was i felt like christians were the fakest people <laughs> you know i was always like i don't want to be that guy that like i talked to you like this and as soon as i get on the platform I'm like oh, jesus yeah yeah like, what happened to your voice bro like yeah, you yeah. just changed completely so i was always just turned off by that for and sure. i was like lord i want to be authentic and and so i had to really learn how to do that but at this uh, retreat. I had a night where the Holy Spirit just, I mean, just broke me, broke me. Um, we were singing, and I remember, uh, I'm not a very emotional guy, honestly, and I fell to my knees, and I was just bawling uh, my eyes out, and this guy came and prayed over me. and uh, For some people, this is like a, a too hard for their minds to understand, but he, he started praying things over me that were ended up being prophetic, um, mm-hmm. uh, even about being a worship leader, about things I struggled with and some relationships in my past, about what he saw the Lord doing in my life and my future, you know? Uh, and granted, I wasn't even playing guitar yet. Uh, and he there was like a, you will lead others in worship and this type of deal. So the Lord really uh, did something in my heart that oh, day. Wow. Um, and so I developed a passion from a mentor at Texas State who uh, was a worship leader. And honestly, man, it wasn't like this. God said, I'm supposed to be a worship leader other than that prayer. But I just developed a passion where I was like, I like to write. I, I've always known how to like kind of flow or, or put words together. And sure. it turned into writing. And then it turned into playing guitar and it turned into, uh, they asked me to sing. All of a sudden I'm, I'm doing something I've never done before. So, um, a lot of insecurity came with that, but, uh, I was doing it with, by age 21, I had a full-time job, you know, leading worship. And it's been like, and where was that at? Uh, in Austin, Texas, uh, Westlake Hills Presbyterian church. Okay. I was an intern getting paid 12 G's a year, bro. Nice Uh, lived with an awesome family, the rushes. Uh, and the Bennett's actually for a little bit as well. But um, yeah, I was there for a year. And right when I was done with that, I was like, all right, I think I'm going to use my business degree. and I'm going to go uh, work. My dad had a building company. I'll go work for him and got my real estate license. But then I got this. This is just it means nothing, but it, it matters in some scope for where I am today. But I got a call from the largest Baptist church in America, uh, Second Baptist Houston. Okay. And uh, and I was like, well, maybe I should explore this, you know, not because it's the biggest. But it was like, why? I mean, normally it takes people a while to get into a church like that. So. Do um, a connection. Uh, six months of interviewing. Oh my gosh, the amount of interviewing that went into that job. But I ended up working there for three years. And okay, so you did get that job. Yeah, I did. I uh, worked there as a, a youth worship director, and then I led our college ministry as well for a while. Uh, and then really, my passion started. I was. I kind of was. I still love students to this day, but I, I didn't want to just be full students. I was really wanting to be around my peers mm-hmm. and adults. And then Tom Harrison from Brownwood Baptist called me from Shreveport. Yeah, uh, and I told him about what year was internship. that. 2009, I'd gotten married uh, three months before it. Yeah, when did you meet Amy? Uh, 2007. Okay. Uh, we got married 2009, March 2009. And they always say, don't move, don't change your occupation, like all the things. We did everything they say on the same time not right? to do. Um, but we, another one of those kind of Holy Spirit moments, we came to Shreveport. After, I was like, dude, I'm not interested. He's like, well, we'll pay for you to come down, just come down. I remember walking in our building, like all the carpet smelled, like all the rooms were different. I was like, "Dude, I'm not coming." The reason I talk about the large <laughs> church of Houston because being there, you would think uh, most people think in the material way or the fleshly way. You would not. You would look at going to Bromore as going down. Yeah, yeah. And it's been the exact opposite. That's I mean, awesome. uh, just really felt a strong sense of my spirit that God said you're supposed to be here, and mm-hmm. Amy did too. And, you know, three months after marriage, we've been here for 12 years. Never my wildest dreams. It's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: So was Amy doing any kind of worship at the time or she, uh, she helps you lead worship? Yeah. Now, she's, right? she's
1: the better half for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She sings with me all the time. Her, her dad's a worship pastor. Her mom's a choral uh, teacher. And so she comes from a lineage of that. Her granddad was a worship pastor. So there's a lot of pressure. Uh, and they always, I mean, I'm just so, not I'm the black sheep, but I'm not the I didn't have the music upbringing. I really yeah. didn't like the choral upbringing. I didn't know how to sing harmonies until like six years into doing it. Still learning to do that better. Um, but that's why I said like the, the insecurity for me was like, I was confident in like sports and I was confident in other things that were very materialistic and I was not confident in music. I'm yeah. still not like, I know I'm capable and I know I've, I've practiced enough and worked enough that I'm uh, efficient and mm-hmm. probably proficient in my, in my craft. But like, I tell people all the time, it's not uh, – in this area, it's not a false humility. It's a very much – what Amy and I have called like a thorn in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. uh, like God, I have to have you show up or else it's going to suck.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've and I've heard you talk about this a lot. I mean, I, I think that's one thing that I love about you is that I feel like you're one of the more real people than I know. You know, we've talked about yeah. this. Like, we can catch up and not talk for a couple months or a couple weeks, and then we for catch sure. up, and it's like, like it was 12 years ago. But, yeah, I mean, I loved – you know, I always – I have to tell our our introduction story how we met because you know JC and I had come from Fuller. I mean, we had come from we had our friends Chris and Lynn who had always done worship for us, um, and and for whatever reason, worship has been something that I've always loved. Like it's been my favorite part of church, singing, um and that's you know obviously grown. And we'll talk about the struggle with that. But like you know, I grew up in a church. Nobody raised their hands though. You know, mm-hmm. nobody. Nobody was emotional with singing. We sang, you know, power, 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 wonder, working power in the blood. (laughs) Like, you sang it, and that was it, and you moved on, you know, to the preaching, which was the most important part. Um, But I always loved music, and when we go to youth conferences or youth evangelism celebrations or whatever, I'd love the worship and seeing everybody worship and seeing everybody sing together. And and so when we came back from California, it was like we were going to this place in Eagle Rock called Christian Assemblies. It was a four-square church, and the way they had it set up was that it was uh, it was in the round, so the oh, cool. choir was all in the and the band was all in the round, and then it entered it came into the congregation. So it mm. was like everybody was a part of the. That's cool. And uh, and it was California, so it was like every kind of nationality and ethnicity oh, yeah. and you know and so it was just kind of this picture of heaven where it's like love that. people were in you know headdresses and you know all kinds of different you know, cultural things, but doing this Christian thing yeah. and. So when we came back to Shreveport, I was like, oh, Lord, like, you know, black and white people, black and white oh, churches yeah. in worship is going to be me standing with my hands by my side mm-hmm. and doing that. And and that was really hard. And so we tried a couple of churches here in Shreveport, and I, I, remember, I remember being like, I'm never going to a Baptist church again <laughs> after coming back from Fuller. <laughs> and and most of that was just the legalism that I'd grown up with yeah. in the you know some of the churches that I'd grown up yeah. in. And, and again, like you said, like, I love... Baptist churches I love churches in general but I'm not sold out to any denomination yeah. but I remember walking in and you and Amy just coming in and like I think we were there earlier or something and y'all yeah. came up and said hey it was the, the weekend after b-groups had officially started so okay. they had never been b-groups before I don't know how long y'all had been there
1: not long i yeah. mean it, it, i would say less less than a year i think we met y'all very early right because honestly we remember y'all so much so we're like oh, young people yeah. people that
0: look like us you know yeah and so it's cool to see like this parallel process of y'all had just gotten there we're yearning for connection to people yeah. that are our age you know we didn't have kids at the time like y'all mm-hmm. and i just remember y'all being just so down to earth and then like you got when it got up on the stage and i was like oh he's the worship pastor here like i remember Thinking like that's what I liked about you oh, was cool. like I didn't even know you were the worship pastor. I just thought yeah. you were another young couple that was looking for people to meet. We were, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But that yeah. was what was so awesome, and that, and I think you've kept that over the year, over the twelve years of us knowing each other. Is just like, hey, man, I, you know, I'm not the best in the world, but I do this with a passion. to do it well, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen you. I mean, I've texted you this a bunch yeah. of times, but like, I've it's been awesome to see you grow as a worship leader, as a dad, as a husband, as a person. I mean, that's been an incredible journey that I've gotten to see and hear about, you yeah. know, and so it's, it's cool to, you know, when, when I get done on Sunday, if I text you or something, because I, I'm always looking at like, man, he's growing and, you know, we're both in our careers yeah. growing at the same time. And so I'm just super proud of you and glad, glad to have you, have you on dude. here. And I feel like it's mutual. Yeah. If you don't know that. I, I know, think you man. know that. I do, man. So, um, all right. So. Let's see. I didn't even see this until yeah, right yeah, now.
1: Sure. <laughs> right over my shoulder. We're talking I have
0: like some questions up to keep up with my stuff. I, I, love, your, I love your handwriting. Yeah, it's great. I, I had Grady come in and Doctor's write handwriting yeah. over here. For sure. <laughs> what did I write? <laughs> All right. So tell me kind of, for people that are listening, you know, people... Yeah, you know, worship's not just singing, right? So oh, tell yeah. me kind of like what is worship to you? Where did this idea of worship come from? And then have you gotten training on what this looks like? Like yeah. Yeah, what's your education?
1: Yeah. Uh well, I worship is definitely a way of life. Um we are always worshiping something, whether we know it or not, Christian or not Christian, we worship things all the time. That's I mean, where idolatry even comes from. Um since we're made in the image of God, God designed us to worship, and he designed us to worship him. But like we are as fleshly people, we tend to worship our affections, things Mm that uh, make us feel good, you know, whatever it might be. So um, I I wrote down some of this stuff. I put it's a way of life, fellowship of Christ, total surrender, adoration, action, not just a Sunday thing, much more than music. Um, And uh, you said if I had any training, I guess my training would be hopefully my own personal time with the Lord. But yes, I've been to seminary. I haven't thought going to seminary at first because... I just had all these preconceived... There are stereotypes for a reason. For sure. And we don't all fall into those stereotypes. But I was like, God, I don't want to be... My fear of being a minister, bro, on the real was like, I didn't want people to not be able to talk to me anymore I think they, that I became this holier-than-thou person. Mm-hmm. You, you know that. We know that from, from each other so well. But I'm like, dude, I'm broken as well. <laughs> and I really do need Jesus yes. daily. Um, it's not something I'm just saying. It's not something I tell you on Sunday. Like, if I don't have my personal worship, I'm going to be worthless. Um, and that personal worship, come, that t- takes accountability, that takes discipline, it takes time, you know, all those things. Um, in seminary, they had us write down a definition and I'll just read uh, my, my definition of what I put for worship, which is a hard word to define, but I put, uh, worship is a direct response to God's continual grace and love that he offers to each of us. Once the Holy Spirit reveals himself, it compels us to adore and praise him. True worship comes from a humble heart, recognizing our desperate need for a savior, We respond in worship because we are overwhelmed by God's saving grace for his children. So kind of the whole Isaiah 6, you know, the King Uzziah died when he's in the presence of God. He literally cannot help but fall on his face before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, uh, I believe uh, when you're in the presence of God, it demands a response. Uh, you can you can choose not to, but then you're living in direct rebellion to what you were called to do, mm-hmm. and what your whole body's feeling. Exactly. Yeah. No, and you'll go, and we want to combat that and say that's an emotion. Who the heck gave you that emotion? Yeah. Like if we're made in the image of God. Where'd that come from, dude? It came from Jesus. Yes, use discernment. We don't want to manipulate at all. I don't ever want to manipulate, but man. Uh, Worship is a lifestyle. I, I mean, I I believe I worship things all the time that are other than God, and that's that's sad to say. But like mm. <laughs> Dallas <The> Cowboys, Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really anymore. They suck so much. But like, can I say that on your yeah, podcast? Yeah. Uh, it's already been said. Bleep it out if you need to. No. Uh, but like our golf or or just my own my own selfishness and my time. Yeah, you know, I can worship those things. So we we're constantly worshiping things, it, it, and we're going to say it forever. But people are like, all right, now it's time to to worship, and that means the band's coming up. And I'm like, man, the sermon was worship. The scripture reading was worship. Us gathering together as a big group or small group was worship. You and me talking right now can totally be worship to edify Mm -hmm. the Lord. Um, And so we we really minimize uh, the worship, and we think it's just. And that's why for me, uh, I think one of the gifts and thorns God's given me is my my scope on music of worship, because it's people probably think, well, he's just not the very best one, so that's why he says that. I'm like, no. I actually just really appreciate all the other facets of how we're supposed to worship Mm -hmm. and my identity is not in how great of a vocalist or guitar player i am Mm -hmm. it's hopefully engaging people to go i want what he has not because i'm uh, anything great but like i believe my relationship with jesus is very real Mm -hmm. very genuine very I'll, i'll be humble about all the the faults that i have yeah but i'm like this is not this head knowledge thing that i've attained i know jesus and I have a relationship with him and I want you so desperately to experience that in the congregation that you're like, I want that yeah. more than talking about how good Amy sang or Justin sang or whoever it is, you know. Yeah, for sure. That just misses the heart of Christ. So
0: No, no, for sure. And and I think like you said, I think music is is a can be a more um, there's just something about it. So let's dive into that. I don't want to say it because you're the worship pastor, but (laughs) you know, what is it about music? Because you know, you're right. Worship is everything. When I'm playing with my kids in the backyard, when I'm driving and have a a moment to myself, you know, like those things are worship. If we contextualize that, if we thank God for it, if we see it as a gift, if we see it as a blessing, then yes, all things are worship. And, and it's being mindful about that, that I think then makes musical worship, can be so much more powerful. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. But what is it about music that you think kind of taps pe- into people's emotions so strongly? Cause it's, it's a cross-cultural thing, right? I mean, it's yeah. a, music is something that every kind of, uh, group ties into and, and
1: has a version of and yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, music hits a different part of our brain. Mm-hmm. You probably could speak on that more than I could. I don't know the details of it, but I know it hits a different part of our brain and it, it invokes. Emotion, you know, mm-hmm. they're secular or, or not. I mean, right. I, dude, I can still listen to some hip hop back in the day that I, I get excited and I'm like, oh, I remember coming out to the basketball games, you know, yeah, yeah. Or, or it's nostalgic. You know, you have a memory that's tied to music. Are uh, you people with Alzheimer's who remember something when they hear music? So there's something with music that I think is very, it impacts the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's spiritual. Um, I don't think it's something that is just emotional for sure. Um, that's good. I mean, that's a great point because I think the secular
0: world, if somebody's listening who's not a Christian, you know, they, like you said, they, people have these preconceived notions of church and, and worship, and, and that's usually those notions that they have, what I've seen with people that I meet that are that are non-Christians that are like, I don't want anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that stuff either. Yeah, usually. Ex- exactly. Right? It's yeah. like, we're in this American structure that we're, we're fighting against, mm-hmm. um, and worship usually is can be toxic, yeah. you know, and it, it can be. You see people start play on people's emotions. And, Manipulative, for yes, sure. Yes, and yeah. so we are saying, me and you, I know, or we reject that too mm-hmm. and what we're trying to do today is kind of find find you know find a way to to say it's not that but it's also not meaningless and and not just emotional it is spiritual yeah, for sure there's a thing that uh, that God has made us in his image and that has made us who we are that when music hits our soul like you said mm-hmm. man there's so much stirring and that's just not chemicals absolutely right it's not just absolutely. like oh it makes me feel better there is a tide of memory and meaning and and i think it's a way of god speaking to us to try to get us to say well why is that right mm-hmm. i mean why are you feeling that way why are you stirred mm-hmm. is it because you just feel ashamed or is it because you actually feel connected but don't just get stuck in i had this great high and yeah. and we've seen that right i mean you go to a youth camp kid you know Absolutely. yeah gets yeah. super excited gets super emotional gives his life to the lord quote unquote
1: and then leaves and goes right back to doing everything that he has to do. That's also a lack of discipleship though, too. Absolutely. We just don't follow up with people. We go, oh, you checked the cards, you got saved, see you later, which was our generation for sure.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's a disconnect because worship became the one, like it was only that moment, like you were saying. If worship, if we as the leaders of the church and as the discipleship makers were showing these kids and showing people, worship was before, during, and after, and worship is us following up and taking you to lunch. For sure. Then I don't. Th- I think that emotional component would be very important, and it's not <laughs> fake. Yeah, absolutely, because people think it's fake because they gave their life to the Lord and then they fell off. Yeah, but no, it's not. It was real. Yeah, lots of times there was just no connection and
1: follow up to yeah. the
0: rest of worship.
1: Absolutely, does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. I think in it, in it music or uh, the motion of it, it transcends language. If you think about oh, that, yeah. Like one of my most, and I know there's another question maybe about this, but my most incredible experiences uh, in worship was uh, I was in the Ukraine. And it was on a mission trip. It seemed like it's always when things were, you know were away from our American society. Absolutely. But we went to this. Uh, we we passed out flyers all over this. I mean, we are in a village, and dude, probably two hundred people show up into a building that probably should have fit seventy five, and we're we're like shoulder to shoulder. And I get there, and I got my acoustic guitar, and there's this like broken down drum set, and there's a bass, and this like old. Um, I guess you can call it an amp, but it projected, it projected some uh, uh, instrument. Uh, and these guys, I mean, we, we are not speaking the same language. And what we, f- we come to find out in this village, there's five different languages represented. It was like Hungarian, Ukrainian, Russian, uh, another dialect of Russian, whatever. And we're all here, and, and I'm like talking to these guys, and I'm like, how am I going to lead worship with them? A the guy sits at the drums, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, open the eyes of my heart. And that instantly... They start playing, bro. Like the goosebumps, like I've never felt in my life. And you could say, "Oh, that's emotion." I'm like, "No, bro. <laughs> the Holy Spirit showed up in a way that they were singing." And I hear all these voices, bro. I'm getting chills it right now. You think about it in Revelation seven. It's like all the tribes, all the tongues, we come together and we were singing different words. But in my spirit, in my heart, I was hearing. Open the eyes, of my heart, Lord. Open the-. and there's a song I want to see. You know. And it just think about right now the passion mm-hmm. behind yeah. the Lord saying, "This is my body, not this just this white American church or the black American church or Hispanic, whatever it is. This is my body." And so there's something about voices coming together, and it it transcended the languages. It didn't matter. We were singing to God, mm-hmm. and to me, it was one of the few moments of my life I felt like God was like, "You're getting a glimpse of heaven yeah. right now." And so I mean, that's. So you you want to call that emotion? You're missing it completely. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, you got me tearing up over here. The second time I've cried on the podcast. <laughs> oh, there we <clears> go. It's the way. third. Yeah. Uh,
0: the other one was talking about dad stuff. Um, cool. No, but yeah, you're right, man. I mean, that's I, I'm I'm tearing up because that I've experienced that. Mm. It's so true. You know, mm-hmm. we went to uh, Turkey two years ago to Istanbul. And it was uh, Easter weekend, and we're in this, like, basement in this, like, not hidden church, but kind of. Yeah. And they're singing all kinds of stuff. And I'm singing it because I know it, but I have no clue what they're singing. (laughs) And it, it was, you know terrible instruments and cheaply made things. And it was awesome. And then the other one, which I I think you've been to is down at Bethel colony. NOLA. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wrote that one down too. And it's like, uh, you know, you're down there in this like six foot tall ceiling with 40 guys and they have a drum and a like stick that they found on the side of the road. And it's awfully perfect. Dude. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, that was probably the best
1: worship experience I've ever had is just, I was brokenness leads to great worship response. And so when there's brokenness, or there's it which we will uh, men are the worst and I, i'm telling you because i was the guy people don't believe me i was the guy sure. who was like i'm not lifting my hands i'm not going to bow down that's so emotional and god was like who are you mm-hmm. like who are you that you're saying you're in the presence of god that you won't bow before me you won't lift your hands you won't say i mean Dude, the pride involved, I'm just, I mean, the men listening, I'm calling you out. Yeah, the sure. pride involved would not be able to respond and go, well, that's a charismatic thing. Dude, it's a biblical thing. Oh,
0: yeah. You don't have to be jumping the pew. No. You know, you don't. And, at, at and that, all. some of that's personality. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> you know, like, I'll call Cassie out, but like, you know, we met yesterday and talked about some stuff. But, you know, when she does worship, it's so genuine and sincere. Yeah, no shoes on. No, she's but going, it's yeah. so much more. She'll drop down on her knees. Yeah, I But love it's it. not a show absolutely and you feel that right and any of us that are involved in this culture like we know when it's a show and when it's not um and and you you have to be able to be sincere right however your personality is but i can promise you it's not standing there with your hands in your pockets yeah it may not be getting on your face and and getting on your knees every time but it ain't standing there not moving yeah you know the
1: thing the thing that i i I try to uh, challenge people with uh and especially men like i'm a man so i'm gonna call men out but like uh, women tend to do a better job of expressing their emotions in general. What you probably we, say? That? Yeah. Okay, so women do we a better. We express yeah. and over-express. And, and I'm telling you, yeah. I'm the guy who's like, I swallow. I, mean, I need counseling for it, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to cry right. Uh, but like, I've been telling you. <laughs> no, I'm trying. I'm trying. Just, I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm crying. This is me crying. You're, you're actually yelling. Um, but we just we men that will say but they're. I'm like, I meet introvert men all the time. Uh, are men who are not expressive. That's totally fine. Right. But I've also seen an introverted, express, non-expressive man at an LSU uh, event or a New Orleans Saints event or whatever it is, and I'm like, Do you think when you lifted your hands like this or clapped or shouted, that it was not a worship postural response? Absolutely. And you definitely didn't care what everybody around you thought. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that because it's like we're doing. Oh, we're doing this together. It's like exactly. That's what we should be doing in corporate worship. Yeah, too. yeah.
0: And it is hard. It, yeah. it, it makes it more difficult when. You know, and I challenge myself to that, you know, because I remember. You know, I was just, just like you. I mean, I just would stand and sing. And I, I always felt like I wanted to do something, but mm-hmm. I would never do it. Yeah. And then I remember, you know, what they call it, like the Frisbee. There's all all the,
1: there's there's like a lot of names for it. The transition, right? Yeah. You start holding the your hand. Look, you can't
0: see me. I'm holding my hands, palm <laughs> up. Um, You know, and then you eventually, like, I got one hand up. And yeah. then I would I would remember, like, I would have one hand up and the bead of sweat running from my wrist down my <laughs> underarm to my back. Yes. You know, like, and I'm thinking, how many people are looking at me thinking I'm being yeah. ridiculous yeah. or – you know and then you break through that and you stop caring and and now I'll get to a position where I, you know I'll get on my knees or raise both yeah. my hands or do whatever I need to do but then you it, mat- you matured to that point oh yeah and yeah. so what we're saying is guys if you're out there listening and women if you can you know don't we're not expecting you to go tomorrow or go Sunday yeah. and just start raising both your hands and belting it, things out but uh it was so funny I was talking to my buddy Lane and I told him I give him a shout out this morning he called he's like why aren't you asking our text we're in this group text I called him and he's like what's the podcast on today and I was, I was like worship and he's like Man, I stink at that. He's like, you know, I need. He's like, I need to figure out how to like. Hmm. I li- I don't like to sing. Yeah. You know. He's like, I mean, I love Jesus, but that's just not really my thing. He's like, so ask Tyler. Like, yeah. h- how am I supposed to get more comfortable with it? Well, and, Lane, who? Kilabrew. Okay. Yeah. You. And he was like, and I was like, uh, I was like, well, he's like, do you think it's an emotional thing? Like, what's the barrier? And I said, well, yeah, I, I like, think there's a, definitely emotional. It's involved. in a pride thing, you know. Yeah. It's a it's an insecurity thing. It's a fear thing. But it's also a to go back to those dads. You know, I think about Grady and Jude and doing Christmas service last year before COVID and, you know, and having them stand by me and me hold my hands up and, mm-hmm. and do Sunday worship and hold my hands up and and them see me in that posture to the Lord. That's why we don't do it as most of us didn't see it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, it's not a they guys don't want to. Yeah, it's, it's a learned thing. I, I think we all want to deep down uh, because, again, when you're in the presence of God, it demands a response. Mm-hmm. You. It, it, it demands a response. We just don't know how to give the response. Either we haven't seen it or we've been raised, and this is not a knock on any church, but we've been raised to have our arms by our sides, or we think That's if, a man, yeah, if a man lifts his hands, he's emotional. Mm. He's not tough. He's not strong. And I, I mean, I'm not, I, I feel like I'm a tough mental man, so, yeah, but like the toughest man would be a humble man who'd be willing to bow before the Father. Absolutely. And so we, we miss surrender. And I would tell Lane or any guy out there, I mean, I I won't say countless, but I've talked to many, many men over the years who come up to me and be like, dude, uh, I I never tell people you have to bow, but I, I will sometimes go, hey, if you're comfortable, I invite you to lift your hands, or I'm because yeah, a lot yeah. of people just need to, a little they nudge. Call out. Yeah, I see. Yeah. You, I love when you do that. I'm always like, yes. well, <laughs> well, you probably do. And then a lot of people are like, stop it. <laughs> yeah, sure. But like, I can't tell you the amount of men who've been like, dude, I lifted my hands like the the worship leader side the side position for the first time ever, and I I felt the Holy Spirit in a way like I never had. Oh man. And I, and, and I'm like, dude, you know what? That wasn't emotional. You know what happened? You humbled yourself. You surrendered yourself, and God honored that. Oh, absolutely. And it's like we we don't, and then you don't want to go back. Exactly. And like, then you're like, there's freedom that starts to take place. Oh
0: man, i will yeah, I'll never forget raising both my hands for the first time, mm-hmm. and just the like, I didn't care about what anybody thought, you know. And you go back, I mean, I still as much oh. as I love Jesus, like there's sometimes where I'm too aware of myself, Absolutely. or I'm I'm thinking, man, I just did this or this, or I'm planning on doing this or whatever. And I <laughs> <in my laughs> when own, when the
1: bridge builds with the drums, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Or, or like, I mean, with my like, my own sin, yeah. Like I don't want to lift my hands because I don't oh, feel yeah, good that, enough. That shame, yeah. 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 Can right. you talk about that a little bit, like?
1: That's tough. I mean, uh, bro, I've had, I I make it a habit every Sunday morning. I park kind of farther out in the parking lot or whatever. And uh, I mean, I I get up in the morning, I spend time with the Lord on Sundays. It's important to me to do that. Um, But as I'm walking the parking lot, I always kind of have a a similar prayer I say to the Lord about just like, God, get me out of the way. Help me have a good attitude this morning. Please fill me with your spirit, that type of deal. Um, Just because there's times I'm coming in, dude, and Amy and I got in a real big argument the night before. We've we've said our our apologies, so we never go to bed. Uh, we've gone to bed probably angry, but we don't go to bed <laughs> not like saying, "Hey, we'll work this out tomorrow." I love you, yeah, type yeah. deal. Or like just man, uh, been caught my own sin of pride. Or there's been like bad sh- seasons of my life. Where I'm like, Lord, I didn't really spend uh, personal time with you this week. I spent work time with you. Mm-hmm. So I prepared for this worship service, and I was I read scripture on my computer. But I didn't have time with you, long. and I'll feel that conviction. I felt that conviction in the middle of leading to worship, tons of times, and it's hard because then I'm like, God, is, am I being unauth- unauthentic? And I think what the Lord would say is, No, son, humble yourself now and mm-hmm. respond to me. Like I, I take you, I love you as you are. I love you in your brokenness. I love you in your sin. I don't love your sin, but I love you even as you're a sinner. I'll say it that way. Let me, yeah, let me for be sure. clear. But yeah, I think uh, you know, th- there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and we're so quick to want to beat ourselves up or go. Men, you talk. I know you've probably even done probably done a podcast on this, but men who struggle with pornography, or right. women who struggle with pornography, or just struggling with um, their mouths, or things they've watched, or um, their pride, whatever it is, you're you're feeling that as we're singing "Holy, Holy, Holy" the Lord God Almighty type deal, and you're like, "How can I lift my hands before God right now?" Because I'm so unworthy. And what I want to tell, grab that person by, is go, yes, yeah, yeah, you're, you, you're getting it. You're, yeah. You got it. Now, like now, respond. Yeah. just maybe, maybe don't sing a word just hold your hands out get on your knees maybe just close your eyes and just say god thank you like i don't deserve this like i i know what i've done this week i cannot believe you still love me like you're good like that's worship mm-hmm. and we we don't have enough of that i think we're just like i can't sing because i know uh i cheated on my wife or i thought about cheating on my wife or, you know, I, I know my mouth has been real perverted or gossipy, whatever it might be. Yeah. And that's Satan. That's not that's never been from God. Yeah, I know. I was telling
0: somebody this this week. Like, that's that's a great point because it's like uh, I don't remember who I was telling. But we're. I was saying, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I'll catch myself and I'm thinking, you know, usually when I'm shaming myself about something. I, I, one of the habits I've stopped, you know, started doing those last couple of years is like stopping and going, OK, what do I actually think God wants me to do? Mm hmm. You know, like, cause it's a belief issue, right? Yeah. It's like, I, I I, tend to beat myself up cause I'm like, God wants me to do this cause I've been so bad. yeah. And I have to go, wait, I know that's not the gospel. I know that's not the narrative. And it's like, when you're in church, God's not looking down, seeing all your sin. He's seeing Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you're a Christian, mm-hmm. right? You're standing in Christ's righteousness. And if you can understand that and accept that, right? That stirring in your heart is conviction but it's to remind you how much you're loved, exactly. not to remind you how crappy you are. Mm-hmm. And I think we forget that, and Absolutely. then we feel like incapable of it. And and the truth is, we are. Yeah. Like even in worship, yeah. the only way I can raise my hands is not because I all of a sudden had more faith. It's because <laughs> the Holy Spirit is working in me.
1: It's just a thank you. Yes, Surrender, yeah.
0: Surrender. For sure. But it, but it, it's it's my prayer was for that. Yeah. Like God helped me to be more. Exactly. my posture to be different. So if people are out there and they're like, I can't do that. Pray for it. Mm-hmm. See how that works
1: out yeah. for you. That's a great. That, that's I mean, I literally, uh, while I'm singing, uh, lean worship often, weekly, I have a little prayers. That's like, that's why you'll. Uh, I'm not an ad lib guy who's like mm-hmm. doing all my ooze and showing my vocal runs, but if you know, you know like'll I'll say like yes, God or thank you. I, I, that's literally involuntary, can't help it. That's me praying as I'm singing because mm-hmm. a, a line will get to me like I'm no longer a, a bondage of my or I'm no longer a you know slave, whatever it is. Um, and so like I will just thank you. Our God, you're good and, and those yeah. types of things. It's like our Lord, help me get there. Increase my faith. Well, that's
0: what that's what I love about you leading worship, and you can speak to this. You know, there's different styles, right? But I think one of the things you do really well is you're worshiping with the congregation. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, that part yeah. of it yeah. versus like putting on a concert. So, yeah. <laughs> what are some what are some kind of for people out there listening, and you know, they see you know different styles. What are, I guess, what are some barriers that you think people have to? I mean, we talked about some of them to worshiping to having a
1: style. Yeah. Um, well, there's there's lots of styles. I mean, I remember when I was in seminary. Like the main three we talked about were what we call traditional, which is I, I, we call traditional. We have contempo, t- t- contemporary, blended, which is the funniest word on earth. I feel like you're like, I mean, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know what the word blended means, but whatever. Uh, modern. Uh, there's like there's hip hop. There's spoken word. There's all there's all uh, uh, there's different forms of um, worship uh, at different churches, and then you have denominations on top of that who have their that's why, honestly, uh, 10 plus years ago, I wanted to change the name from contemporary at Broadmoor. And like, probably 90% of people still are like, what is DOXA? Yeah, yeah, And I'm like, you know, I don't even care. I, I mean, remember having these. Yeah, I mean, before. I wish you knew, but I, I'm actually, I'd rather you not know what DOXA means than hear the word contemporary and go, I already know what that means because I experienced that in my other church, so I'm not coming there. Right. You know what I mean? Because you maybe had a bad experience. And so one thing I, uh, I feel is so imperative in every set that I plan, is I'm like it needs to be theologically sound. It needs to point to the Lord. Um, I, I, it needs to be of Him so much more than the style. The, the, just quite frankly, my, my style that I'm um, gifted at or able to do is it, it falls under the contemporary category. But like I like hymns. I still like I like spoken word. I, it's it's never the style has never trumped it for me. It's always been. The thing that supersedes the style is the scripture, Mm. is the words, is the presentation. Is it tied to the sermon? Is it gonna invoke a response from other people? And so for me, like I'm really big on this, like words matter to me a lot. uh, And you you would think that should be for all worship leaders, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I think I'm not knocking other people, but like even, I don't like to call it a stage. I call it a platform. Uh, A stage is for performing. A platform is something that God's given you uh, has elevated you on like you have a platform here at clint davis counseling you know um so the platform that the lord's given me is the ability to quote unquote lead worship in front of people but it's awkward, dude. And it's weird sometimes when I think about this. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you, when you talked about in the round, I'm like, oh, I love that idea. But this, like, I'm standing here, you're there, we're looking at each other. And so I'm trying, I try so hard to like, people, I can't, people uh, like, did you see me on Sunday? I'm like, no, I didn't. Once <laughs> you came and talked to me, like, you looked right at me. No, I didn't. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm really trying so hard to think about the Lord. I'm praying. I mean, I got a lot on my mind. Uh, but, like, this idea, it should be communal. I mean, the, us gathering together is for the glory of God. It's not so—it's I. It's fine uh, for there to be encouragement and, like, oh, uh, you know, Jesse, you did so great. Wonderful. But the heart of it is I want people to leave and go, man, I was moved today to spend more time with God this week. Yeah. I was challenged to worship the Lord on my own. Uh, and it's—again, I'm— I, I get the the take of, like, telling the band they're great. And, like, you've been like, hey, me, I'll do great today. But I know your heart. You're not, like, you're not elevating me. You're just like, hey, and we need to, we got to hear those words of encouragement Absolutely. sometimes. There's enough crap said behind the back, you know. But the point is, are we leading people to the Father, truly? Are people, like, seeing our worshiping going? I desire that. And then that happens in a lot of personal conversations. So, i a lot of my stuff is, is coffees and lunches with people and yeah. and trying to be like, man, I, I just want to help hopefully teach you why I respond this way, you know? Yeah, in that vein, what are some difficulties
0: that you've had, like, as a worship uh, pastor? Um, like, if, if worship pastors are listening to this, what are some things that you've kind of grown in, had difficulty with?
1: Um... Gosh, dude, I'm trying to figure out how to narrow this question, this answer down tons. we got I a mean, whole nother hour. <laughs> <then too. Fine. laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out what to, uh, some of the things I wrote down, like um, what I think worship pastors in general, we'll say in general, because we all have our own things sure. again, but like uh, it's very easy when you're on a platform to, to struggle with pride. I think we all struggle with pride, but I think pastors and worship leaders are probably the two worst at struggling with pride because it's very easy to quickly think it's about you. Um, being the guy. Uh, I think so much of it, again, I, I come back to this. Uh, one of the greatest gifts that I'm upset with the Lord about <laughs> is that I wasn't naturally talented at playing guitar or singing. or And I, and I worked my tail off to become competent. Uh, I want to sing on pitch. I want to be a good leader. But, man, like, he, he never. I was never going to be on The Voice or American Idol. Yeah, or, yeah. I'm not knocking those things either. But, like, it was so much about the heart of, like, uh, I think people will relate to, um, can, I, a lot of men over the years have been like dude you're the only worship leader I've ever, ever been able to sing with and I'm like well it's because I put it a step and a half down so you could actually sing it too Right? you know um, not trying to figure out which one sounded the best for my voice even uh, I change stuff like that all the time um, so I would say it's it's very easy to get full of yourself um, the world does that social media does that that's a whole other um, conversation uh, I think there's a lot of inauthenticity um, if that's a word mm, that uh, is. you know there's a lack of authenticity um I strive I, I'm not I'm sure there's times I've not been completely authentic but dude you know me I mean mm-hmm. I desire that so deeply my wife would be the first to tell anybody she's like no the guy y'all see is the guy he's at home you know <laughs> like sure. uh it, not that like I mean she sees more of my junk you know like my, my, my struggles Absolutely. and my, my crap but like uh she, she like I I'm always pointing it back to God I'm always like and I'm I think I'm pretty quick to apologize I think I'm pretty quick like I I uh I want to be teachable. Um, Mm -hmm. I think uh, most worship leaders and pastors can be unteachable. They think that they've arrived or they've gotten to some point of, uh, like they they got all together. It's it's so funny. I mean, you and me have talked about this. I always try to look back at my life and I'm about to be 38 this next week. Um, but like you look back to five years ago, I'm like, Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? What was I doing? <laughs> sure. and, and it's like, I almost could two years ago. And it's in every one of those seasons. I was like, but I really last thought, week, <laughs> yeah, but I really <laughs> thought I, I had it, you know? And it's like the more we, I think the more we grow in Christ the really, the more we realize we don't have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like true humility is taking place. We're getting there. We're never humble, humbled fully, but like, uh, I just think, man, so many worship leaders are these, and I, I really want to do. I, I, I don't want this to be a me knocking other people thing. Absolutely, but they, I just feel like there's just too many of these 22 year olds who sing really well, and churches hire them, and the church it's the church's fault because mm-hmm. uh, they're going well. He sings good, and he looks cool. And he's got the the right jeans on. You know, it's like, dude, your church is gonna suffer now. Mm-hmm. Like your church is suffering because you didn't get a guy who is theologically sound, who is humble, who had a good attitude, who prepared accordingly. Um, and churches across America have missed that. Yeah. Tell me about that. Why do you think, I mean, do you think that's related
0: to, and again, I know you, so I know you're not saying every 22 year old out there who's a millennial can't yeah. do worship. Absolutely not. Right. It's, but in, And it'd be a specific case, but the, in, and we also say there are guys like us who are too far on the other side where they're, you know, not emotional and they, yeah. they're too prideful and, you know, all those things. But yeah, do you think it's. The sensationalism, sensationalism of worship lately i mean i feel like it, it's a rock concert yeah it's a, it's a performance piece it's a consumption the church sure. has fallen victim not just in worship but so yeah, many yeah. levels and i'm guilty of it too yeah you know i've been like i want to hear somebody who's really really good yeah absolutely and i, I mean Shane I I and Shane to be leading yeah work. exactly you know because but at the end of the day i think what that does is that makes me challenge myself on well that's about consumption yeah and about like and I say, I mean, I'm just thinking about this out loud, but it's like an addiction. You're always chasing the high. Yeah. You want the the most pleasure. For sure. Even at church. So I want the best person speaking. Absolutely. I want the most emotion, emotional stirring message. I want the best, highest quality sound.
1: But what's done or that to I us? Or I can't get there. Our consumerism, social media has done that to us. Like, it's just who we are. But like, dude, uh, I think one of the questions will uh, I'll answer it now, but like my best worship experience is almost every best worship experience I have, dude, is when things went wrong. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm dead serious. No, I, the, I hear you. That thing in the Ukraine, uh, I remember one Sunday in the gym, uh, when we used to be in the gym at Broadmoor, uh, the power went out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just started singing with no music. I was on. there and for it, that. Dude, I remember. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, God, it's so lit. And so like, uh, one time during COVID, uh, I really felt led. I unplugged my guitar. I walked down to the end of the platform and I sat on the end of our platform. And I just sat there and sang with no microphone, I mean, in, a, in our, you know, 1200 person auditorium, which there was 400, 300 people, or however many there were. And I was like, guys, like we're missing it. Like, uh, the, the, the I, I, uh, today and when we grow, I, I know. So that I'm constantly reevaluating these things. I don't personally have a problem with like lights and, and the screens and all that stuff as long as it doesn't become the it or the priority. Yeah. So, I think there's a reason for it. I know there's a reason for it. I mean, it is to bring in hopefully lost people, young people to engage them. But as long as it stays way underneath the priority of the gospel and the the truth of what's being taught, I think those things are okay. I mean, I, dude, I can't tell you the amount of Facebook posts I've seen that I just have to take my hand off the phone. I'm like, <laughs> cause I, I'm like dying inside, you know, but like, cause people just think instantly if there's lights, it's a light show. Or if there's a cool led screen, it's a performance. It's like, yeah, we're performing for God. <laughs> we're we're singing to the Lord. We're 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 using the skills He gives to glorify God. And as long as that takes place, I mean, you got to think about if you go to like if you're scrolling through your phone on like during COVID, and there's one church that does it really well, and the the audio quality is good. And uh, the engagement's good, you might stay on that page. If you go to another one that has, has like no auto tuning, the vocals are bad, like you're gonna scroll right past it. Mm-hmm. And so there's something to be said for that. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to have junk on purpose. Yeah. So it's like we the excellence to me is for the Lord. Um, it's just you have to prioritize it the right way. It can't. Uh, uh, it, I'm I'm not just saying this. It's never ever been the it thing for me. Like I I I really there's been weeks people like the lights were so distracting the camera. I'm like dude, I didn't see it. And I understand there's part of that as a maturity in that, or maybe you've done it for a long time, but I literally don't see it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, unless something goes wrong, I notice the lights go go off, but I don't notice if the, like the camera comes by me or whatever. I'm like, they're doing that for, I know the heart of the media team that we have. They're trying to engage us who are stuck because of COVID or who will never enter our building. And I know there's been tons of people who've come because they're like, we saw your live stream and we were engaged, you know? And so there's a balance there. I think we live in that, I think it's okay to use things that God's given us, uh, as long as we're using it with excellence for him, there's a balance there, man. Yeah. Cause I want to remind people, you're
0: not this like, we don't have, you don't go to a church that's got 40 people in it and you're saying all those lights and cameras are ridiculous because you're there. I mean, we have lights and cameras and huge awesome screens and yeah. you know, yeah, like we're not on this side of not doing it. But the point is, is to, like you just said to make sure the priorities, right. And I think yeah. that's where we lose it when yeah. it becomes more entertainment for sure. And that's the problem I see in general. And, and for people listening, like, <coughs> we got to check our own hearts. Like, yeah, I say that. When, I mean, even this podcast, somebody's like, well, how many viewers do you have? And how many? And I'm like, I don't even know. Cause I don't look yeah. because I don't want to know. You don't want that to be the focus. You no, know, yeah. no. And, but it's also not going to be a, a, an indication of if it's good information. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, lots of people follow lots of videos. I mean, the thing that is the bane of my existence right now is the fake, prank videos that are on social media <laughs> where it's like, you know, some model and, a oh, theme, yeah, 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 yeah. and there's a guy oh, yeah. and they're pranking their family, but it's all like staged. Yeah, for sure. And it's so obviously staged and like yet the, the it's Gold got 2000. Yeah, yeah. It's got 2000 views. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't get 40 people to watch something about mental health <laughs> or theology or something that will change your actual heart and life. But these guys who are out there, you know, have, and so it's like, I'd argue we don't want to change no, for sure. I mean, you know, people don't want the conviction that comes with change. No. And that's my point is yeah. that just because something is popular yeah. or people go to it for entertainment value doesn't mean it's changing people. Yeah. It can. Yeah. But we have a really weird way of measuring success for sure quality. What's good. And, Absolutely. It, and it trips me up, you know, I agree. so, you know, I know
1: that it trips other people up. The, I will say this, like, our team, the Doxo Worship team, uh, everyone, every one of them would tell you this. Like, I talked about uh, humility, preparedness, and their attitude. Uh, so, like, you have to come with those three things every Sunday morning. If not, I love you. You can go home today. Uh, that doesn't mean you won't be welcome back. But I just don't, I'm not, it's not a, like being a, a hard, hard A. Like, I'm yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, dude, your attitude matters. And we. it's it's contagious when it's negative. Absolutely. It's contagious when you're worried that you didn't get as many songs as so-and-so got, whatever it is. Yeah. And so, like, the reason I rest easy on that is, like, with the lights and the screen is I'm like, dude, If that's engaging people. I know the heart behind the worship team. Right. And so I'm not concerned with, uh, the per, what I call the peripheral things. Uh, and and I, I know that there people who are distracted by it, but every, and I'm not saying there's not someone else, but every mature believer I've had conversations with, which is tons, I've sit down and I've, I've talked about this stuff all the time. They're, they're like, even guys who be like, yeah, the cameras distract me, bro, but I'm able to like put it aside because I know blah, 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 blah. Absolutely. They're they able to make the jump. Uh, people who just condemn and point and go, y'all are, y'all are trying to be famous. I'm like, dude, you don't know me. At all, mm-hmm. and honestly, it's kind of like a get behind me type. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm like, for I, sure. I really because all it is is a discourage. Well, you're always going to have those people. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: that's the reality. For sure. So that was my, that was going to be my question as a worship leader, knowing these are the stumbling blocks, these are the things I can get into. What are some ways that you would challenge people to keep that in check, and what are some ways that you keep that in check? Ask me that again. Sorry. And you know, that's okay. Like you know, as a worship leader, somebody who's listening, or just the average person, how do you keep? Your ego, that humility, oh. preparedness in check. Do you? Is it discipleship groups? It a, go- a godly wife, yeah, yeah. <laughs> helps a lot. Well, I know Amy will keep you in check.
1: <laughs> Amy's, dude, I'm not. Uh, I'll give her a shout out. She is the the biggest encourager on this earth uh, to me. Uh, I mean, and it's like almost to the point that I'm like, how do you still feel that way about me after knowing me so well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, she is like a, a rock for me because uh, she knows the truth. What I'll tell you this: the facade. Uh, and I don't know if this is every worship leader, but people think, I think, uh, that worship leaders are very full of themselves or they get all this praise. So I'm not going to say anything to him or, uh, there's a lot of jealousy. Uh, I'll just tell you there's jealousy on staffs. There's jealousy among people because he gets the limelight. People know him. And I'm like, dude, if you knew the amount of like insecurity or fear or gossip or crap I've dealt with over the years and you cared about me, you'd probably be at my house hugging me right now. (laughs) And I'm not saying that as a woe is me. But I'm saying there's a lot of that that goes on. So like, for me personally, I'm not saying I, I definitely have battled pride and still battle pride. Uh, but as a worship leader, I told you at the beginning, it's not. I don't. There's rare, rare moments that I feel like I I'm like ah like I I can't really think of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's normally like when there's something that may that maybe went successfully. Uh, there's this there's a sense of like God. God, thank you so much. Like, I was so worried about that. Yeah. Thank you for showing up. Um. Thank you that people responded today. Thank you that... And it's not the amount of hands in the air or kneeling, but it's like, God, I, I just felt your presence today. So thank you. So- well, and just like, I mean...
0: If I speak somewhere, somebody yeah. come up and saying "Great job" doesn't really do it, right? Yeah, right. I mean, what you want is somebody to be like, "Hey, man, I know this was hard. Yes, you know, and I, I've tried to text you that a couple, th- you yeah, know, absolutely, a couple have. thousand times. But you've it's been like, a,
1: dude, you've been a major encourager in my life. Yeah, no problem. You, you definitely
0: have. I'm not trying to pat myself on the no, back, but I'm just you, saying, you like, for people who are out there who want to encourage the pastor or the worship pastor or even your therapist, you should. Yeah, you should. <laughs> but also, like, do something specific. Yeah, you know, say, you know, think about what it was like for them as a human as a a yeah. fellow christian as a fellow worshiper you know I and mean, encouraging in that way good you know great job or that
1: sounded really good it's not really what healthy people are going for the, the comment you get i've heard a lot too people say like i'm sure you get complimented a lot so i don't want you to get a big head and my response to, to people nowadays is like let me deal with that with the lord <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you're not responsible for me getting a big head or not you're responsible for being obedient to scripture which is to encourage your brothers and sisters in Absolutely. christ Absolutely. so like if i as much as you do the podcast, you're counseling, and you've been like the number one counselor in Shreveport for five years or what? whatever. Like, you still need encouragement because the, the the higher the Lord elevates you, the more Satan's gonna attack you. Oh, no, for sure. The more gossip, the more jealousy. And people just, they really, they do not get it. And it's so easy to be on the sidelines and just assume Clint must be cocky because of this, this, and this. I know you, and people who know you, they know you. know. they like, you, you need to encourage those people. Uh, if someone's dealing with pride, that's their issue with the Lord. Yes, you need. I need accountability, so I have to have a discipleship group around me, uh, brothers who love me enough to go, man, Tyler Flick, you were kind of the way you said that was a little bit uh, arrogant. I, I I need to have that in my mm-hmm. life, but let me with my discipleship people and accountability work that out. It's not your job to not encourage, to withhold encouragement. <laughs> Because you're worried about me getting a big head. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, that's a passionate thing No, it's good, but that's also what we call projection in therapy.
0: So what it means is is that people think you think like they do. Yeah. So if they were the person with their name on the door, their person that's the leader, they would want people to pat them on the back and say, great job. And it would make them feel good Mm -hmm. and and confident. Yeah. That might be why they're... Yeah. That, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's what the average, and we all fall victim to it. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, I look at leaders in my life or people and sometimes I'm like, uh, and then I have to catch myself and go, I don't know them at all or I don't know their circumstances. And unless I do, why am I doing that projection? Yeah, right? sure. Why am I taking what I think? Because I'm just, that's my own pride. Yeah. My own insecurity. We were talking about, um, yesterday I was telling somebody, well, we were talking about like being leaders and, and, and the same kind of question I asked you. And I said, well, my whole thing is, is that I hope, that as a leader as a worship leader as a as a as a therapist as a pastor for me if something comes out tomorrow about me privately right publicly Mm -hmm. i would hope to god that all the people who know me well you included yeah would be like oh yeah he went to therapy for that he struggles with that but he works really hard at it here's where that came from right you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely, it wouldn't be this big shocker. And yeah. you know, recently we've had big Christian, Ravi, me- yeah, 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 that have fallen or that have you know passed I, away. Oh, that's
1: that's a very sad. To watch Christians blast them too. Yeah, oh, that, well, that's what I
0: mean is yeah. that there's two things that happen in that. One is the isolation that we as the church mm-hmm. cause. So if you're a congregation member, don't elevate your worship pastors. Yeah, they're sinners,
1: <laughs> broken in need of grace. Just right, like
0: you. but we, I, I think we don't <clears throat> want them to be because sometimes that gets us off the hook. Yeah. You know, we look at leaders and worship pastors and even Chuck and other, and we go, well, I want them to be closer to God and healthier because that means they're more responsible Mm -hmm. to share the gospel. They're more responsible to lead worship. They're more responsible to get this thing going. Yeah. I can just kind of sit back here, not raise my hands, not be engaged and maintain. Right, I can just stay in the background. And biblically, like, but they don't, our hearts don't want that. Right. But our fear is, is that if we step up into a leadership position that all these things you're saying, are heart are going to come on them and they are. Yeah. So there's this balance of, yeah, if you step into leadership, if you put yourself in the position of like speaking like this. Mm -hmm. You're going to have people who challenge that. You're going to have people who critique it. Absolutely. Always. Always. They will never like the lights. They will never like the chairs. They will never like the song. Not every person will like the therapy session that you got. Like, nobody's going to like the past. You know, I'm sure Chuck gets emails all the time.
1: And if you knew, like, Chuck is maybe, seriously, maybe the most humble man I've ever met. Oh, for sure. Like, he's just true humility. So I'm like, if you have something kind to say to him, send it to him. Mm -hmm. Like, let him get 50 emails of encouragement. Absolutely. People just... Build them up, like, why would you want to tear down someone who's Absolutely. trying to shepherd you? Yeah,
0: and our problem, though, right? You know how this is. This is why I don't read the comments is that <laughs> I could read a thousand
1: positive comments. Yeah, you can hold on to the one negative. <laughs> Two people said I didn't really like that, or I don't agree. I'm Bro, a, yeah, I, I've had to delete. I've had to delete so, so many of those. Oh my gosh! And that some come to mind quickly. Just sure, sure. The, the pain. Oh man, it's it's something else.
0: <laughs> um, so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was um, the difference, I guess, between maybe praise and worship. If you could parse that out, is there a difference? Um, I wrote something
1: down, but I, let me. I, I wrote basically I, before I find it. I know the the first thing I said was semantics uh, yeah. for me. I don't see a big difference uh, for praise. I put praise would be like. I look at the book of Psalms as a, a praise to God, um, edification, lifting one another. That's praise. Uh, worship is more lifestyle. It's kind of like we've discussed yeah, already. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't personally. I would my answer would be very simple and say it's semantics. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> excuse me, uh, worship is very much a lifestyle, and praise could be. You could use it in a different context. Maybe I, I praise you for something good that I see in your life, or. I just praise God. It's just the maybe character of God, goodness of God, type deal. But I don't, I don't have a good solid answer for that one. Yeah, person. yeah. I was just wondering if I had clients who've asked
0: me like, you know, praise and worship or this and that, and how, you know, kind of what's the difference, or and I guess it narrows it down. I was just thinking like, praise is more of the actual like saying something or doing something, yeah, where yeah. worship can be eating think, food think together. Think the Book of Psalms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, any advice that you have for worship pastors? Well, like, as a as a Sorry. dad, what's Thanks it so been like? No, you're fine. What's it been like to be a dad and be a family man and do, like, worship every day? Like, what's,
1: you know, to be the worship pastor? Um, I love being a dad. Uh, being a dad's been awesome. And that, even think about earlier, like, the analogy of, uh, just going back to this real quick, because you said that. Uh, you, you talked about when you feel condemnation or guilt in mm-hmm. worship. I think about my son and my daughter. Uh, My son who just, I don't know if I told you, just gave his life to Jesus a few weeks ago. Yeah, you told me. Uh, Because we we had talked about it. remember about Grady. We got the, I got uh, a memorial stone. That's awesome. He's rocking it every day. It's awesome. Congratulations, man. It's awesome. It's been great uh, hearing his little heart uh, to surrender to God and stuff. I mean, it's life-changing. But when he sins, when he uh, does something, even if I get angry, we've always, uh, probably because I've had you in my life too, I, I wait to discipline him until I've calmed down. But dude, there's never been a moment ever that I have not wanted to show him grace and love, especially after he's apologized, we worked things out, and I'm a a fallen man. Mm-hmm. What do you think our perfect heavenly Father thinks when we are, you know, even in the even in the middle of his sin? I don't stop loving him. Right. Like I still I still love him. I, and I'm again I'm a very broken person, and, I, and I'm able to do that. So just to encourage those people who are filling in their own bondage of their sin, God's not looking at your sin. I mean, he hates he hates your sin. I'm going to be clear on that. Mm-hmm. He hates it. But he loves you, and so it's all about coming back to the to the Father. Um, but being a dad has taught me so much. As you know, we've been very similar stages of life. I think we've oh, kind yeah. of followed similar stages of life. Had kids, similar times, and had different, definitely different struggles. Uh, yeah, for sure, y'all have had some that I've had to pray for you guys a lot. Cause I love you. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you, I always tell the story, and I'll do it. On,
0: I'll do it live on the podcast. <laughs> But it was when we had, you know, uh, Dustin dying of cancer or food mm-hmm. allergies or whatever, and y'all just dropped gift cards, you know, food gift cards mm-hmm. into our mailbox, and that's always been something that, that's cool. you know, was such such a timely thing and needed because, again, I think people think, oh, they got it all together. They, you yeah. know, they have friends and community, and, and then nobody does anything. Yeah,
1: you're right. People just, oh, I don't know what to say. Well, tell them you love them, or yeah. just call them. <laughs> Give them know. some food. Yeah, just tra- do them. something, bro. Uh yeah but being a dad has taught me a ton about the father i feel like man like you uh, you probably agree with that there's just something about having kids that you uh i mean i just figure out how broken i am Mm -hmm. how much better god loves me than i can ever love my children uh, how desperate i mean i desperately i try to use every and this is man uh, this is not a tyler's got all together but i try i mean this morning i mean i try every moment i can to instill jesus in them and like use analogies or buddy we do this because like Trip uh, had something yesterday and his sister brought it to mom and he goes but she's going to think that Tinley got it she brought it to mom I'm like trip who knows that you got it and he stopped and smiled and he goes god I go that's all that matters mm-hmm. so things like that just to, it, it, you know you, you realize you're you're teaching your child a simple truth but as you're saying it you're like oh man <laughs> I need to know that so absolutely <clears throat> i would say there's been so much uh, from the children that have helped me in, in worship leadership and have a better vantage point of who God is in my own life. Um, I would tell worship leaders, the, the number one thing, the number one thing I would tell all worship leaders and honestly all people um, is you can't experience public corporate worship if you never have personal devotion, personal worship. Uh, personal worship is so important, and by that I mean – Personal quality time with you and God. Jesus often withdrew from the crowds, it said. He often withdrew, and he was going to be with the Father. And I think we don't have in our, I'm not, you can call it meditate, call it quiet time, call it whatever you want to call it, but you need to have time where you are alone with the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I'm i not saying I've been perfect in that, because I definitely have not, but I can tell you, dude, I cannot operate without it uh, yeah. properly. Uh, and so I need to have time where I'm reading the Scripture. I need to have time where I'm literally sitting there just listening time where I'm it, like I I don't even listen to music in my car people are like Wait, I thought you're a music guy I'm like I don't ever listen to music in my car or seldomly uh and that's normally a time I'm just kind of like God what do you want to, like on the way over here God please fill me your spirit whatever you want to be said let it be said uh, those are real things that's not something that I would just say to you or say from a platform it's like no this I actually do this yeah. because I believe this sure. you know uh, I use analogy a lot on like belief is uh, an action belief is not just a, a, a word that we say but like if you and me believed like this building was going to catch fire in five minutes, I don't think we'd be sitting here with our headphones on, right? No, for we'd sure. instantly be running out. So if I believe God's returning for us, and I believe that Jesus is the son of God, and I believe that there'll be con- there will be a day of judgment, and I believe that many will go to hell who don't know, like there has to be an action that comes from that. Uh, and so for me, if I'm going to be a quote unquote worship leader and I'm supposed to draw people to the father, I better have personal worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean this in all like, g- genius, like you need to quit uh, being a worship leader. If you're not doing that, you yeah. need to quit um, or start today yep. because it, I mean, it's false. I mean, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying we get it perfect. Right. But if I don't have personal worship, like, I mean, dude, I, I'm weird. I left my hands at home by myself. I get on my knees by myself. I'm sure you do, too. <laughs> yep. You know, because I'm like, I and sometimes I feel weird. <laughs> I always, when I have my hand up in the car <laughs> and somebody's next to
0: yes. me, I'm always uh, like, dude. oh,
1: well. I, mean, I, I, I have Tourette's. I feel, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel weird by myself sometimes at the home, but I'm trying to, I'm just trying to be obedient. And I'm like, God, use me, mold me, so that when I am on a platform, it's real. It's not something I'm thinking about what I look like. And so you gotta have personal worship, man. Um, Well, I was gonna bring that, I
0: was gonna, you know, that was a great point because I think when we're talking about worship being in church on a Sunday, yeah. It's going to be very problematic if that is the only time that yeah. you're doing
1: it. Which a problem and this is not a con- con- combination of people, but it probably is 95% of people. Absolutely, and it was me for
0: a long time. Yeah. I mean, I was like you. I'm listening to Tupac and Biggie yeah. and whatever else, and that's all, you know, Metallica, yeah. Yeah. you know, whatever it is. I mean, and that was one of the big things for me from worship that, that shocked me to my core recently in the last couple of years was – how much secular music versus christian music mm-hmm. impacts our daily life our philosophies and i was doing a marriage retreat two years ago and uh, i went to sit it was at toledo bend and i went to sit out and pray before the first session or the second session and this there was a couple and they were getting married so they're playing all their music getting ready the, the dj was out there and it was uh some country song and it was like uh you're my everything or something. I won't. I won't sing it. <laughs> please for everybody. do. Please do. <laughs> I wanna be your everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, and so like like it. it's a country version. Um, Clint Davis. Everybody. Yeah, you're welcome. CD's coming out next year. <laughs> um, collaboration with Tyler. Yeah. Collective. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but anyway, so um, I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm like, that is a huge problem. Yeah. Like I'm about to go teach this marriage conference, and this song that is very popular is the ideas that in marriage, in love, I'm going to be your everything. Yeah. And it was just one of those hundred moments that I've had recently of like how much music can be very uplifting yeah. and be very emotional, or it can teach you a bunch of very terrible lessons about Absolutely. how life works. Yeah. And so I'm in target with Grady and I'm on the toy aisle and you know, Bieber's playing or whatever. And I'm thinking, I don't play this stuff at my house. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we don't either. Like, I don't let any of that we stuff. We do have some, uh, what is it, um, tacos, raining tacos. and so- Oh, my gosh, dude. I don't know if you have any of that. <laughs> no, but... not yet. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. I try not to let you <laughs> All them... right, it's time for lunch. Lunch. It's time for I mean, we got some of that stuff going oh, on. Oh, I'm
0: sure. Dude. Yeah, we we were listening to Disney Junior theme song, and it was some DJ shuffle thing, and they wanted to listen to it like 100 times. Oh, bro, I'm telling you, yeah, it's, it's nonstop. Anyway, the point is, is that, <laughs> with kids they just bring the innocence of them and what you're trying like what have you been so used to listening to and being inundated with and again i'm not getting on a soapbox about secular music yeah, i yeah. listen to it i'm not yeah, saying I, I don't but i'm saying what you let your kids listen to what you you know play for them what they're hearing about life through music because it's so emotionally impacting it's very risky you this. can you can
1: get on the legalistic side real quick. For sure. But I'll be real with you, dude. Like, I mean, I still listen to second music sometimes. I mean, I, and honestly, I, in my mind, I think it doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, dude, I don't even, it, it doesn't matter. But like, what we're putting into us does have an effect on us. Uh, that's with TV. That's with social media. That's with music. So... I do think there can be an argument made that people would call legalistic that would maybe say, you need to get rid of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you and say that, Amy and I have gotten rid of all that stuff. Right. Uh, sure. so, it's like the whole burning of the CDs thing in yes. high school. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. But it's like, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna be the perfect voice for that. I'm just Moderation. Being really, yeah, I'm gonna be really r- real. I just, I'm just i not the perfect voice on it right now because we, we're real careful what we watch or try to be careful what we watch, but like for our kids, I'm way more concerned what I put into their ears and their eyes. Uh, and that could be—I mean, maybe I'm a little naive in that I, uh, area. I'll be honest, but we'll still listen to—we'll still listen to stuff from high school sometimes if Amy and I are on a road trip or you know whatever, just being silly. Um, but yeah, you gotta be careful. My point is just being mindful about it. Yeah, I think use
0: discernment for sure. Yeah, I we've mean, just grown up not even thinking that it has an impact. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, I remember being in my in my in my trailer, my parents' trailer, at you know eight and nine, listening to Garth Brooks all day every day yeah i remember singing about this girl you know <laughs> the, the song shameless yeah you know and it's like i look back and i'm like those are very adult themed oh yeah things for me to be listening to at nine years old
1: the the, the hip-hop lyrics i was listening oh, to my at age way too young <laughs> like 11 yeah bro messed I mean i had a horrible mouth because of it up for a while. I, it, it led me towards some simple activity, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, and again, this is not being
0: like these Christians who are like, oh, I can't believe you do this. Yeah. But it would be like anything else. What yeah. you put in your body, what you put in your brain, yeah. and especially for kids, really, with, they don't have a filter. They can't Absolutely. watch a movie and go, well, I'm not gonna turn out like that. I right. don't wanna cheat on my wife. Yeah, like, yeah. This is entertainment, so Absolutely. to speak. And, and secular music has a place, because it is describing real things. Mm-hmm. You know, people yeah. do have depression. They do have anger. They do want to get things out, and they do these things. But as adults, we can, we can have discernment. Yeah. Now, for if you sure. oversaturate yourself, I think that's where your discernment becomes a. Barrier. That's where
1: the the very much be in the world, not of the world, comes. Because yes. I'm like, dude, I I feel like I don't want to over shelter myself, even no. where I'm no longer able to communicate with lost people. Uh, so it's just like. They sniff that out faster than anything. <laughs> like, sure. if a lost person finds out you're a legalist within 30 seconds, you're done. Yep. Like, you've lost all rapport. And should be. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> you've lost all rapport. You've lost all ability to communicate. So it's like, that doesn't mean I need to go cuss at somebody or say, like, but it's like, I want people when they meet me to be like, you know what? That dude was, that dude was real. Like, because now Absolutely. I at least have some rapport with hopefully Christians and non-Christians alike. And I'd rather, I'm sorry, I'd rather tick off some Christians who are too high on their horse than... Lose all ability, like Paul said, the Jews are coming, like the Jews weak, have come like, you know, that's too important. So I don't want to lose that that credibility. No,
0: absolutely, that's so good. Yeah. So any anything else in the kids realm? Uh, for the kids, what do you mean, like, uh, that I would teach them or that I would learn from them? Yeah, but, or that you do with them that you maybe didn't
1: get done with you. To, oh, yeah. To, you're talking about that a little bit now already. Yeah. But. Um, we, we do, like, a, we have we have a—Trip now has this first-grade Bible, uh, which is so cute. During snow apocalypse. I was telling him, you know, Proverbs is one of the more simple uh, passages or books of the Bible. And so I told him to read, he was like, Dad, I read— Eight chapters of Pravos, and so he read eight chapters of Pravos. Pravos, I was proud of him. Uh, but asked me, quite, he goes, "Dad, they said the s word." I'm like, "Where did they say the s word?" And I said, "Stupid." And I was oh, like, okay. "Oh yeah," I was like, "Sometimes you can say stupid because uh, we are stupid." You know, so I have the whole conversation. But oh man, it's so uh, funny. We're real intentional. Uh, I feel like uh, you know we what didn't get done. I had great parents, uh, godly parents, but like. Uh, the daily discipleship stuff, like, I feel like there, I wish there was more of that. And mm-hmm. so, like I said earlier, I try to give examples, and I'm not the best at analogies or examples, but I try to always use real-life things. Like, I would say, uh, if it's not every day, it's five days a week, there's something I'm like, Absolutely. hey, Trip, did you catch that? Hey, Tim, did you catch that? And so, and we are, sorry, no we're, we're real big on uh, apologizing uh, as parents uh, because we're trying to teach them how to apologize. And I think when I say I'm sorry to Trip. It's so awesome to hear his response. You're like, -hmm. oh, Daddy, I love you. It's okay. So we're teaching him that we walk in humility. We walk in repentance. Mom and Dad don't get it right all the time. So good. And I hope that will have a, I believe it will have a lasting impact, you know, as they get older. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're, (laughs) I'm
0: laughing just thinking about the hundred things that Grady and Jude do to me, (laughs) specifically Grady. Cause he's older but it's like when you're trying to be sincere and apologize and they're just being so innocent and straightforward yes. you realize like how much you're bsing <laughs> you know what i mean you're like oh man like he's right like i you know i actually have to apologize about yeah. that yeah and i'm only i'm only touching the surface of what i need to be apologizing yeah, absolutely about. and it, yeah it's such a good thing to be able to sit your kids down and 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 model not just like oh we went to church yeah and oh you went to sunday school but like on a daily basis, what is worship? How do you glorify For God? Sure. And how do we thank God? I mean, you know, we were talking last week, he, you know, and it's, it's a fine line, right? It's like they were so unappreciative of things all the time. And like we said before the podcast, like it's never enough. You can play with them until like last week. You said snow epo- apocalypse yeah. like day three. Get out of the house. Yeah, Last <laughs> week it, in Louisiana, it snowed and froze us all in and we didn't have water and like six days worth of not being able to leave and we all wanted to kill our kids, but (laughs) like at one point, Grady was complaining about something and I'm like, they're literally, we sat down we had this conversation there are literally people who don't have electricity, they don't have toys, they don't have, like they're freezing. You know, I showed him some pictures of the hub that you know, people that we had the shelter for and you know, and just like, you know, Jesus wants us to be praying for these people. We send these people money, we, you know, and that was things that I just never heard. Yeah. I mean, I went to church and heard about Jesus But it was never contextualized yeah, you know, in a weekly, and then worship was just the singing part. Yep, you know, and so we try to continually say like, "Let's worship God right now and praise Him and thank Him for this." Absolutely. Know, in these
1: moments. You're teaching them. I wrote down like you teach them eternal perspectives as much as you can to yeah, a, yeah. a child. I teach them gratefulness, praising God during trials. There's a lot. Uh, might have been you who told me this. Uh, probably was, but like I've been talk about harder theological things with my four year old and two year old. I mean, there are two even though they didn't understand grace then. Yeah. But if I talk about it regularly, there's going to be a click point. He's like, yeah. Dad's been talking about this since I was two. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm starting to understand. We were talking it.
0: about this is like masturbation yeah. and, and sexuality. And like, you can't just start whenever they get there. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, hey, I masturbated yesterday. Tell me about it. Like yeah. you can't, you've got to early on start teaching them lessons and scaffolding and you know, these ideas so they have context. Exactly. And I think Jesus is the same way. For sure. You know, I always use the example of like, the Trinity, that yeah. you know, Grady's going to come forward one day and he's going to be like, "What? Hold on! Like, he's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's mm-hmm. three things, but one. Like, I don't get it." And I hope that he can look at JC and I and go, "Well, y'all are two separate things, but you're one." Yeah. He, he's heard us say like, "Well, mommy and daddy are separate, but we we have this usness, this thing that that's us. That's
1: we need time for." A good analogy for that, too, just for that, so, uh, was like I'll because t- Tripp's asked me that too, as well, and I'm like, "Trip, Daddy, I'm your father, right?" I'm also somebody's son and I'll also be a granddad one day. Mm-hmm. But I'm still dad. I'm still Tyler and I can still serve three different functions, you mm-hmm. know. And I think for that's that's dumbing it down, but it's for a child that he can go, "Okay, you're still dad. You're still Tyler, but you also can be a son, and you also be can be a mm-hmm. granddad or I'm an uncle, whatever you are." I think kids can they can grasp that. Oh, absolutely. You know, so that's a great uh, I think a great way that was taught to me to help children understand different modes of the how, how God works. Absolutely, that's great. Yeah, I think
0: you know. Again, we're and what Chip's probably going to laugh at us afterwards because you know it's it's like this is the new stuff, and me and you have littles, is what I call yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're in this we're in this season of. I mean, it's going by fast now. I mean, I know you know it this is. with Trip. It's like all they're starting to not be little boys. Oh yeah, and they're moving cl- really quickly towards. Somebody said something about uh, their eight or nine year old. And and for years I've always been like that's forever away, and then I was like, oh gosh, that's a that's year and a half. Yeah, like, right there. What is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that are listening, you know, those are such pivotal years as Christians. If you if we are not if we are not in a posture in a he- healthy state of worship because of our fears, our insecurities, our sins, um, our lack of knowledge about it, um, our you know we and we have kids, we're stunning. Their ability to get there earlier. Yeah. And I think, like you said, like I wish my parents would have done a lot of things differently, Mm -hmm. but they wish their parents would have done a lot of things differently. And our kids will too. And we can go all the way back to Adam and Eve with whose fault it is. Mm -hmm. But we have an opportunity as a generation within the church to be different. Yeah. And we have to be different so that our kids can have such a quicker success, ability of understanding. You know, like I want Grady and Jude, you know, to be so much farther ahead of absolutely, me, absolutely, yeah,
1: by light years, and it, ha- it has to be modeled, right? Yes. Like if it's just communicated, like that, if they, if my kids saw me just lead worship on Sundays and then did not see me do that during the week, there's gonna be a point in their life and they go, "Dad's a fa- Dad's it would a have phony. to be worse, yeah, Dad's a phony." So like. We we try to be. I mean, you never you never supposed to edify yourself for the things you do behind closed doors. But we do with our children. Solbeck, yeah. we'll like, Dad's gonna spend time with Jesus before I can come out here for breakfast, right? Mm-hmm. And so they know that. And so Trip's already an age where he's like, oh, I'm gonna go read Pravos, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's gonna go read a, a chapter of the Bible. He he doesn't understand it a lot yet, but we're modeling this comes first. Or I think even praise for them. Like I'm a big golfer. Like I'm obsessed with golf and has really gotten into it. he's gonna be better than me in probably five years but like <laughs> uh we praise him for golf but I I have to catch myself to go we praise when he's in there reading the bible when he does something obedient or he does something uh, selfless we have mm. to praise those things and tell him why we're praising it more than him being good at a sport absolutely so he hears from mom and dad this is a priority this matters more than anything uh, I think those things are, are really big and they and I can't just say it we have to you know we have to show it like I said yeah we were talking about
0: that with uh Something sports-related. Oh, we, that, the, what I was telling you before the podcast, yeah. like that kid who was just shooting the lights out yeah. at the YMCA. And Grady was like, oh, and, and violin. He's playing violin. And so last night we hit, he has recital, and uh, and the kid who ends the recital is this, I don't know how old he is, probably 13 or 14, but he's, like, going to go to Juilliard. Incredible. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, insanely good. <laughs> yeah. And I have some perspective now because Grady's been doing it for yeah. a year and a half, and, like, he's good. But this kid's like, of uh, uh, another um, level. Yeah. Yeah. it's insanity, yeah. yeah, And so Brady and I were having this conversation about it's, it's not about people being better. You can't acknowledge cause he, he's got a really good ear. So he's yeah, like, I'm oh, he was like, Oh, when yeah. somebody's off pitch. And I'm like, we're having this conversation afterwards. Like, it's not about how good people are. It's about it, it's their worth and value is not determined by that. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're not loved anymore. God doesn't love them. Their parents shouldn't love them anymore. It's okay to acknowledge that there's better and worse and, yeah. and quality. Um, but that's not based on anything, but who they are, Yeah, you know, like people are going to have different skills at different levels. And so you're trying to have these conversations with a six year old, It's tough, but it's a total different philosophy than you got to be the best. Absolutely. You're going to, you're going to do this every day. You know, you're going to win. You're going to you be the be top a college athlete. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, just all that stuff. And so it's just so insane being a parent and looking, you know, at worship and having this talk that we're having today. And and seeing how polarizing that is mm-hmm. to the world for sure and to what people are even in the church taught to be like and live like and
1: yeah it's I, it, I don't even want my identity for my kids to be known as a worship leader to be completely honest with you like i don't know I, I haven't conceptualized this a ton but like i'm i want them to be like he's dad and he loves jesus exactly like that is so much more important to me than them. my title or whatever i mean yeah for they sure. need to see jesus and how i talk to their mom uh, <laughs> and when i sure. mess up talking to their mom or talking to them like And I, and that, my example is what matters. Yeah. Grady.
0: We were laughing the other day because Grady, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big yeller or anything like that, but I I have my moments, but he, uh, because of that, anytime I get firm or raise my voice, he, he's like, you're yelling at me. And so JC, (laughs) he was like, yeah." Yeah, yeah. So we're in the bed and I was like, I said, buddy, he was crying and upset that I, that I yelled at him. And I'm like, I didn't yell at you. And he's like, yes, you did. And I'm like, so I was like, look at I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend. And so I like, I didn't yell loud, but I yeah, got yeah. my voice real aggressive. Yeah. And I, and he was like, like the look <laughs> on his face. and I was like, that would be what, have I ever done that? And he was like, no. And yeah. I was like, okay. That's yelling. Th- yeah. That's yelling. I yeah. don't do that.
1: Yeah, you know, good. I get
0: firm with you yeah. and I may raise my voice. And yes, I might get loud. So you yeah. hear me, but yeah. that's always usually cause you're about to break Jude's neck <laughs> or, you know, break your own exactly. neck or exactly. whatever. Um, but it, it's their little innocent perspectives, man. It's just so funny, but it does. It teaches you how to how to help them see God, how to help them see your identity is not in being Clint Davis Counseling, mm-hmm. being a therapist. It's being bad. Yeah. I asked him what the other day, you know, you can always ask your kids to know the truth. I said something <laughs> like, what do you do for work or whatever? And he was like, uh, well, he had my hat on and my shoes on, you know, how they do that. And then they're like, oh, yeah, they start acting yeah. like you. He's like, I'm going to go to work and tell people about Jesus and that they're loved. Because that's kind that's of awesome. that's yeah. what I say when I leave. That's you know, it's awesome. Like, yeah, I'm like, that's what I do. That's cool. And and then I tell them, you know, there are people that I see all the time, and we don't talk about mm-hmm. Jesus. That my job is to talk to them about their feelings yeah. and to love them like Jesus. And you know, we might not talk about Jesus, but it, you know, if the opportunity arises and they want to, I will. Absolutely. And so it's also that concept of like, we're not just here for the church. We're here for everybody. And if that happens to happen, great. But we're gonna love people regardless, absolutely. yeah, where they are for sure. You know, and, and having those conversations is so hard because it makes me realize how bad I am at that. No, oh, dude. You know, you, know, where you see my your heart brokenness is. with yeah. children, yeah. past or anything. So yep. crazy. Gotta apologize. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, the apology thing with your kids—if you don't do that, please do.
1: Yeah, and I don't do it all the time, but we do it for
0: sure. Oh, for sure. And you're, you're, you know, Jason and I were just talking about. Uh, we have this is Max Licata maybe the indescribable Bible, and it's like. Science mixed with like so we've been trying to do those but That's man cool. we've really stunk it up lately I need to get back on my That's Bible tough, study again yeah. Yeah, yeah we
1: have little uh, I just want the Bibles earlier. we have little like you probably have them like the more children style Bible yeah, stories sure. Tim Lee's really getting into those right now so that those are good so we, we don't do it every day we have a goal to do it every day yeah. so I'll be real uh, we want to do those every night before they go to bed and we try to uh, our mornings are just chaotic but we try to um, I mean I try I, to I spend my quiet time before I leave the house and I know she does it, uh, one of her breaks maybe, but uh, we try to let the kids know those things so they know that's happening. Absolutely. So. Yeah, we're, we're reading uh, Chronicles of Narnia
0: right now and uh, at night, and so we finished the first one and then we finished the cool. this Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, but it's been cool because I haven't read them in forever, but I forgot how yeah. much, like, in the first book, you know, uh, Aslan is like God, and in the second book he's more Jesus, mm-hmm. and so we were having these like rich conversations them, about yeah. And, and he was getting it and it made me so happy because that's cool. it was so you know it's like an analogy he was like well that's like jesus died you know spoiler cool. alert you know yeah, yeah. if you haven't seen it, it, it sorry <laughs>
1: you
0: know Whoa. yeah as gets killed um what? but like you know for him it was like it was i loved it because it was like we need all the avenues in which we can mm-hmm. get to point it so that's good same thing with superheroes you know we were talking about good and bad and you know I'm like, do you ever see Captain America? Go look for the fight. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see him, you know? That's good. And, uh, and so, we try. I try to have this. Real these, life application. Yeah, but yeah. also like, then you then I start seeing how toxic superhero culture yeah, is. Yeah. You know, like there's all this stuff
1: and you're just like, man, it's crazy. I'll, I'll, again, I told you, I'm not good at, an, I'm really not an analogy guy. I do them a lot, but I'm, they're not natural. But like, uh, what clicked for Trip, which is so funny, uh, about a week before he ended up surrendering his life to the Lord, um, I was like, buddy, Cause he's trying to, he's still conceptualizing the cross and he, he has all the answers, right? For he's, seven, sure. he's seven now, so like he's been around it. And that's why we were, we were just trying to push back a little bit. I said, but uh, are you allowed to play in the street? You know, we have a slanted street, kind of busier street and he's like, no. I said, what if you went and played out in the street and a car was coming by and dad pushed you out of the way and dad got hit and killed. And <laughs> Bless his heart. He rolls around right at me and just starts crying. I was like, oh no, 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 no. You know, but he hugs me real quick. And he's like, Jesus got hit by a car? And I'm like, no. But he, that's like what you were in the middle of sin, and in the middle of your sin, he saved you. But, but that little analogy for him was kind of the tipping point of like, oh, I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were trying to get him just to understand. Like, dude, in the middle of your sin, Christ saved you. Absolutely. Uh, and so it's just funny. Like, the, the things we were like, God, give me something that he can hold on to. We've been saying Jesus on the cross for, you know, seven years. But he needed an analogy of losing dad. To give him an example of, you know, for that sure. That so it was, and it was we make- talked
0: about this a while back with Grady, but, you know, it is, it's like, you want to be like, do they get it? And they don't. This, yeah. is, this, this yeah, is the they thing. They get it as
1: much as they can get it at that age. Exactly. And that's you know, okay. Yes,
0: for sure. And I think that's, we, we talked about this, like, that's the grace, because I had such a hard time with, like, I, you know, told you, I tried to push back, like, Same. you know, well, let's, you know, you don't have to do it right now. Like, let's yep. not. And he's like, he was so sold out. And then he, it's, I can tell the difference between now and that's then. That's awesome. But, you know, Still a long word of oh sanctification, my gosh. And me too. <laughs> exactly. Right at thirty eight and a therapist and a you know, exactly. a leader and a person and all those things, like I'm constantly reevaluating my philosophy and theology yep. and, and my belief and, and as the world is becoming what it is, even more so I'm like, Man,
1: this is yeah. crazy. Their innocence is great and there's a reason why Jesus says childlike faith, you know, and so I'd get to a point where I was like, you know what, Tyler? He doesn't have to say every answer the way you want him to say it. <laughs> uh, and we had him even pray, and it was just, dude, it was it was the best prayer I have ever heard in my life. Yeah, because it was just sure. perfectly innocent and and real. And and I don't and, it, and when he sinned the next day, it didn't mean Jesus wasn't in his, in his life <laughs> for sure. Know? And so as parents, we had to let go of that a little bit, but we had to steward it. We have to disciple it. And so it's it's my job. That's my greatest job is to disciple my son and my daughter and my wife in some regard. You know,
0: absolutely. And I, and I think to kind of wrap up what we're talking about with worship, with this is like the main takeaway is we as adults, we have barriers to being humble before God because either our pride says we don't need it and we didn't do anything wrong. Although we know that's not true. Yeah. Um, or we're so ashamed. Right. It's like this, this pride and despair kind of oscillate between the two. It's like, for sure I'm arrogant. I don't need it. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. do it myself. I'm going to show God. I'm going to please God. Or, man, I'm so terrible and I've done these terrible things. There's no way that this can be real. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you're going to properly worship, there's tension there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they're both true. Yeah, 100%. We are incapable of doing anything good, right? Filthy rags is the best we can offer. Yeah. And we have to do something, Mm -hmm. right? There's going to be some fruit. That's the the whole book of James. Yeah, there's going to be some fruit that's, that's born. But, like, it's in the middle when, you're, when you've got your hands up, when you're worshiping, when you're thinking about the fact that all of this sin and all this brokenness and all this terrible things that have happened is true, and yet we're redeemed and freed from it, mm-hmm. that we can have that moment of, wow, the yeah. fact that you can love me that
1: much is amazing. One of my favorite phrases is we operate from victory. You know, we're operating from the victory that Christ already That's had good. on the cross. We don't have to be victorious in our own life to come to the father. It's I come to the father broken, operating from the victory that he had over my, on my life. That's so good. And so that's just like a, when you change that perspective, it's like, man, I don't have to, I I come with nothing Lord, other than a, a contrite, contrite spirit, you know, absolutely humble
0: heart. Um, to wrap up anything you want like the world to know or <laughs> the the 12 listeners
1: that we have. <laughs> hey, 12 listeners. What well, did you want? Did you want to uh, touch on the Hillsong Bethel stuff? Oh, yeah, or we can. Because yeah, I, I know a lot of people ask about that. Yeah, yeah. So I asked Tyler uh,
0: before, <laughs> you know, before we got on here, I don't want to like offend anybody. But recently there's been some kind of argument and, and debate in the Christian circles, which I hate that it's public that that happens because I feel like that should be a very private conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, some people... Which and it, and it might not be specifically. We don't have to call out Hillsong or Bethel or whatever because I listen. To yeah. all, I listen to their stuff and love it if it's sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but sound what, doctrine? Yeah. So some people say, "Hey, we can't play those songs because the church itself, the body, we don't believe in their theology." Although the the songs are soundly doctrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, sound, some, yeah, some, some most, some of them, maybe, yeah, yeah.
1: So what? Uh, well, my, my first thing because this is uh, the reason I even brought it up. This because this is a I've been asked this. And not just Hillsong or Bethel or Elevation or whoever it is, but uh, questions on theology of worship and even hymns, verse, contemporary song, praise song. Like the definition people have are kind of hilarious if you really boil it down. But it's like, what do the lyrics say? That's what I love about Pastor Chuck. He's like, if the lyrics are edifying to God, we're good. You know, he's never like, who wrote that song? And so my first thing I tell people is, yes, operate with wisdom, operate with caution. Those are good things. Um, use discernment when looking at that stuff. Um, the, the, the defense I've kind of always given, like uh, this, this was a public thing. Well, I don't even say the name of the guy, but there was a worship pastor years ago, a pub, public announcement he had an affair uh, and I remember everyone was like, I'll take his songs off the radio. We're done with him. Okay. Don't sing his songs anymore. And I wanted to scream to the whole world, stop reading the book of Psalms. We cannot li- listen to anything that David wrote anymore. <laughs> you know, it's just like, because that's what they did to him. And I'm not saying the sin matters and there needs to be conviction. There needs to be repentance. But that's between him and God and his accountability. Those in his life, when you throw out at the entire Artists are the all the songs because of their sin. None of us are qualified, yeah, including David, King David. I mean, I know it's been said before, but we miss that. The man after God's own heart murdered, had an affair like everything. And so, if we're gonna read the book of Psalms and we're gonna, which is one of my favorite books of the Bible, I'm a worship leader, right? so I think we gotta be careful to go one person from Bethel maybe has poor theology. Or maybe even some people think their pastor has poor theology. I'm not I'm not gonna get into all my own personal no, opinions for today. Sure. But I'll say the main thing people need to realize is that it is it is subjective, uh your opinions on these things. And scripture doesn't point specifically to like what artists we can sing from or not. And so I always boil I look at each song word for word, and, and uh people in my circle would say they know that. Like, yeah, there's not a song, that I don't look at word that doesn't mean I don't miss it. But, I mean, every song, word for word, and I'm like, God, is this scriptural? Is this sound? Does this point to you? And I understand the argument. Well, what if they listen to that song and then they go follow so-and-so? So So we need to be careful. I try to introduce songs always. Hey, this is why we're doing this song. This is what this song means. This is how it glorifies God. This is not to glorify the author who wrote this. Yeah. Um, And so it's really important that we teach people that, and they don't get stuck on uh, who the actual artist is. On top of that, Uh, It's a reason, like I I said, I told you, I've been writing before I did music with hip-hop and all that stuff, and so uh, I've had a conviction even in November of this last year, like, I need to start uh, writing more songs for our church. And you know what? They don't have to be as good as Hillsong, because I don't have probably all the, the resources they have, but they might be better than Hillsong for our church because, and this is, uh, I would say this to any worship pastor or pastor, uh, my heart for Broadmoor has to be bigger than any other worship pastors on earth because that's the church that I serve and yes, shepherd. That's so good. And so it's like, I'm, I, and this is, again, it, please hear my heart in this. I know the people at Broadmoor better than any other other worship leader, right? Yeah. And so there's not arrogance in that. There's a brokenness in that of like, God, will you give me the song that we need to sing? That's so good. And so I'm trying to, I've been writing a ton and asking God, we make these at least good enough that we can sing as our church and it will edify them and glorify uh, you. Uh, I'm not getting any money off of it. It goes to the church, like all those things, you know? Well, and you guys did that with the Doc's yeah. album, what was that, three yeah. years ago? Uh, I Am Yours on Yeah, it. yeah. And I, the reason, I, it's on iTunes, and I don't get anything out of it. it goes to the church. But yeah. People, yeah, but I will
0: say it's a, it's an awesome, I mean, I love the CD. I still sing so many of the songs. I cool. was so proud of you, you know, for putting it out. But I also was more proud because I knew your heart, and I knew that, you know, very good
1: biblical-sounding songs. And that's why, on oh, every song, there's like a scripture tied to it, so Absolutely. people realize, you know, where it came from.
0: I think your point that you made was perfect, because... Um, that's what I say so many times when people ask me to speak on sexuality issues or or even trans issues or whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to say that from a podcast or from a public forum. Like we're doing a thing with the YMCA in the next couple of months on parenting and Mm -hmm. talking to your kids about sex and, and healthy touching and all these things and protection, which anybody, no matter what denomination religion needs to know these basic truths. But when it comes to what worship song to sing for your church, you got to know your church yep. when it comes to how do I talk to my kids about these these hot button topics? I got to know your kid. I got to know your family. You I can to just your do background. a statement. No, because all those circumstances are so different. Yeah. And to say, well, this is how you should talk to your kids about, you know, this issue, you know, is like, well, that I don't know your family, right. so, but
1: you turn the microphone off. Uh, at Dennis, I'll tell you exactly how I feel about every one of those bands it, it, are it, one-on-one for sure you know <laughs>
0: but that's because we have trust and yeah. I think there's the, that's the problem we've gotten into with these kind of conversations and I'm glad we're having it and you I mean how you said it was perfect and I knew you would say it that way or I wouldn't ask <laughs> uh, but but seriously like that's the point It's don't get into those debates from a everybody should do this mm-hmm No one should sing Bethel. There's some
1: subjectiveness to yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, we don't know that. Yeah. Maybe your church should uh, just so everyone knows Bethel has like tons of artists under their label. Oh, absolutely. And some of them are incredible, godly people. And so just to throw them out because they have the name Bethel, but that I mean that's dangerous. Or not. That's just. But that's humanity. Yeah. We just we just so blanket want to throw everyone out. I'm like, dude, there's some of the best songs written came from them. Uh, yes, I, again, use caution, use wisdom, use discernment. And if you, if your church, honestly, if your church says, we don't play Bethel, or, I'm like, great, don't, that's fine. But don't condemn someone because they chose a really good song written by <laughs> one of sure. them. Um, you know, it goes both ways, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. you can't be all
0: or nothing. You can't say you should never do it, and you cannot say everybody should do it.
1: Absolutely. And it's no problem at Absolutely,
0: all. yeah. Yeah, it's good. All right, man.
1: Yeah. That's pretty. I, that, we could we could we could get into the weeds on that one. So no, that's for it. <laughs> sure. Anything else you want to talk about, or uh, my last thing would be just to tell if I was some other worship leaders just to. Uh, there's a lot of church hopping that happens. Uh, worship leaders are, and youth guys normally move every year and a half to two years. So my encouragement would be to stay put if you can. Uh, if God called I me, mean, God called us somewhere else. We would we would go 100. percent But we might use that card a little bit too much to climb the ladder, and that's why I love our story of being where we were. At such a large church to come to Broadmoor, there wasn't a climb the ladder. It was in the world's eyes, it might've been going down. But like I said, it's been everything opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, remain teachable, a teachable spirit, dude, as you know, it's just like when you are around someone who's got it all together, uh, it's dangerous. And so we, we, we got to remain teachable. I think worship leaders need to be extremely teachable, humble, uh, and steadfast in the position God's put them in. Absolutely, yeah. So. Ask questions. Find other guys that are in
0: in your area, your field, and yeah. learn from them. Yeah, I mean, it's always dangerous when you when you have that person who ne- never asks a question or needs yeah. help. Or exactly. Yeah, we joked about that in staff meeting because one of the new therapists was like. Uh, I didn't feel like I could tell, you know, cause I was asking like, I have this case and I, you know, yeah and it's like, man, I learned so much from everybody constantly, yeah. you know, and people and,
1: younger and you, older than you all. Oh between. yeah.
0: We have so many different perspectives. So for sure. Yeah, you're right. Just keep that humility. Um, and I think God honors that and will will so many, I think so many people, their their view of success is so skewed to this e- external need for mm-hmm. success and what the world looks like. But I think like, you know, having peace in your heart, Having a peace of mind, having a good community. You know, no, like, I mean, we live in Shreveport, Louisiana. People can hate on it all day. Mm-hmm. They can say, this is not a place I want to live. Dallas, California, LA. I mean, I lived in LA for a while. Like, yeah. There, be, there's
1: some people here like I've never experienced.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This week was really incredible to see uh, people going out in the streets, picking people up, mm-hmm. turning their water off, yeah. bringing them water, um, you know, using their own machinery to scrape up snow and make sure people could get somewhere. I mean, four-by-four four drivers going to the doctors and ER places and bringing them through the snow yeah. and through the ice. It's incredible. I mean, it's it's a great community. It really is. And uh, and it was very encouraging, even though last week really sucked without having water. <laughs>
1: you know, it was very encouraging. Snow in the toilet.
0: Yeah, to remind people that, like, all of us have a
1: role to play in ministry. All yeah. of us have oh, a role oh, to play dude. in worship. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a minister of the gospel. Absolutely. I would well, just say, yeah, I'll say it probably a few times, but I, if you don't have personal worship you cannot have public worship absolutely uh, people need to remember that and that especially if you're going to be leading others to the throne of God it's good man but.
0: Well, I'm so thankful for you to come on here, man. This was awesome. I hope it yeah, helps dude, people fun. and I like you
1: got your uh, Jays on it. I always represent the J's. It, yeah. <laughs> dude, I, I've tried and I, I still have, I got some shoes like you got, but you look so much more slick when I wear that. I feel so, I, people don't Oh, know, I'm sure. I just feel awkward. Right? Like last week during the snow apocalypse, I had on a, uh, I got some like hunting cowboy boots Yeah. and I put on jeans and like uh, I have one Carhartt, is it Carhartt? I don't know. The, the hunting brand. I don't have I mean, it Yeah, whatever. Carhartt. Yeah, but I, pro- but I wore that and like, I had so many comments like, what are you? and I'm like this is why I don't wear this stuff like exactly so this is this is me no, I, got, I, love, I love the J's I love it man
0: yeah I would feel so uh I, I remember when I started working for the hub uh it was like seven years ago I bought these like gray jeans yeah you know and because I was just around them all the time and they all dress like you know yeah. young adults all yeah. black gray jeans for sure you know trendy stuff yeah and I'm always like preppy therapist type you know dress but, when I'm at home I have jeans and a t-shirt on or yeah, this yeah like that's it But J.C., we finally threw them away, but she was like, I never wore them because I would never (laughs) – she would make fun of me so much. And I bought this pair of – this other pair of shoes that – they're similar to shoes that you wear sometimes. They're just casual, like – and she's always like, those are too cool for you. (laughs) Like, it just totally makes fun of me and wrecks wrecks me. And I'm like, dude, I'm wearing these shoes. Like, I wore them to our vacation or whatever. And she's like –
1: She's like, I, God, I hate those shoes. But the funny thing is, like, I, I probably, I might eat my, eat my words, but I might have on Jays when I'm sixty. Yeah, and, for sure. Like, I stopped being cool so many years ago that Absolutely. I'm like, this is just my style. I'm just being yeah. me. No, for sure, man. I'm gonna show up in, in slacks
0: till I die. I guess. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I love you, buddy. I appreciate you. Uh, Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me very much. It's been fun. Oh, absolutely. Um, If you're out there and you're listening, uh, this is podcast number 20. Um, Please subscribe on our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at our counseling page. Like it, you know, all the things you know what to do. Um, God bless you guys and have a good week.